This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan. That, of course, means that you are listening to another episode of the Crown Cast. And we're getting the football back, baby. We are getting the football back. It's preseason. It's like a season. It's like the time before a season. It's where all of the stuff to the season ramps up. It's where we get all the hype. It's where we get all the new things that could be. And here to be new and interesting with me is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. Uh, I think you fit that description. New and interesting. Does that does that work for you? Well, I don't know about new necessarily, but uh, try to be interesting. And there's football again, which means I can. There is a football again, uh, but one person who is kind of new, kind of new-ish, is Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello, hello. Uh, Josh, would you describe yourself as new? Um, no, I think I think Look. now that we're into the new season, the rookie the rookie status is gone, Un- right? Un- you know, until I put we- my, my PT in, um, <laughs> your rookie status gonna, is gone. You're until the new guy we, until we bring. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Until we get a new guy, you're the new guy. <laughs> so we've got to find another person to add to the podcast. I guess maybe Ewan's been on the podcast. So, Josh, maybe we yeah, can take the new guy. There we go. Oh, that's true. Ewan has been on the podcast. Uh, Josh, I, I don't know if we're going to call him a tenured member yet. Um, but I'm uh, working my way towards that. <laughs> it's good to have goals in life. Uh, and, uh, you know, when we talk about working our way towards things, uh, we do actually have a preseason going on. And we had the opportunity to sit into the presser, uh, the, you know, the big preseason press conference. You can go out on the Internet and see it. But we are going to uh, give you some of the highlights that we found while we were were there and listening. Uh, Some of the highlights really quick uh, are that Carujo is not ready. I personally was really hoping that Carujo would be back to a place this season where we could see him in our starting lineup, where he could maybe have even gotten some some training in on, you know, the preseason uh, matches that could have helped him return to match fitness. It doesn't look like that's going to be happening. And word is not great. Word right now is that they have no idea when he's going to be back. It's hard to tell whether that's them, you know, not putting in, putting any expectations on the player or whether that's he got a really bad injury and we don't know. Um, we're going to hope it's the first. Uh, apparently another player who had a fairly long-term injury in Vicinius Mello is back and is playing well. Christian Latanzio and the presser spoke glowingly of him and said he's really, really happy with the player's development. Uh, Adam Armour is going to be a note here. Obviously took a, a bad injury last year and appears to have done, done some sort of re-injuring. I don't know if it's the same area or whether it's just a little pull or something that comes from being out for a while. But uh, Christian Latanzio was speaking of him in glowing terms. Uh, he does still view Adam Armour as a sort of more attacking option. Uh, Latanzio said that he has a, a, a great nose for the goal. And uh, we will remember that he said that about uh, a couple of other players, most notably uh, Daniel Rios who then went on to immediately score four goals in one game. So I think we can agree Adam Armour is going to go supernova very shortly. Right well, now. His... And oh, go ahead. The, you know, the other thing to remember is he plays on the left and, and you know, in the attack, that means that like everyone else on Charlotte FC's roster, he's better on the left wing. He is, in fact, better on the left. We need to just get mugs <laughs> that, that say, that say the crown cast on one side and on the back, just say he's better on the left. Um, if somebody out there 
runs a, a, a mug store and knows how to get this done, <laughs> contact us. We'll find a way to make it happen. Uh, no, in on Adam Armour, he is uh, currently load being managed was the way they said it. But uh, Latanzio went on to say, it really doesn't matter where I seem to play him. He's a very good footballer. Uh, maybe we'll even play him in goal, jokingly. Um, I hope we're not playing him in goal. I think his his speed is probably more useful in a place where he doesn't stand in one spot. Uh, big, big news. Stuff that might affect the early side of our season. Uh, was Jan Sobosinski has apparently been doing some significant work at left back. And we may get into that just a little bit later on this episode because we have had a couple of these preseason games going on. So we'll probably talk more about that potential option. Uh, Kalina, unfortunately, has no time frame. Uh, his back surgery was successful, but they have no real idea when he's coming back. And the coach referenced the fact that uh, he needs to get them to sit down and heal because apparently both him and Guzman Carujo are the type of player where you have to get them to stop training. Uh, you have to watch them 24-7, or they'll go out and they'll try and kick soccer balls even while they're injured. And uh, he said he was very surprised to see how well uh, Capetti was fitting into the dressing room, despite some significant language barrier problems. So uh, I think that's good news. I think seeing how especially an established player is going to come in and be a part of the team to to see Capetti come in and you know uh, join hands really quickly is probably the best start we can ask for. It's the first of many blocks to him being successful in the team, but it's it's a pretty good one. Uh, Justin, really quickly, I'm going to go to you because he did make a mention very clearly that the team is turning themselves into an attacking team. They are trying to be more aggressive with the ball. They're trying to be more aggressive without the ball. This is pretty much what we asked, right? Like this is pretty much what we were hoping for as what's fun football to to watch. I mean, absolutely. Like I think we also have to acknowledge the fact that like we're not at a point where a super possession heavy style A, it's not good for the league. Right. B, we like when when MAR was trying to implement something that was like, ooh, we have to retain possession above all else. We were playing some of our worst football last season. We're, we're just, we don't necessarily have the talent level of players to maintain possession through all of these different, you know, challenges that'll happen in an, in an MLS match and across an MLS season. We're better off, like the rest of this league, we're better off pushing it a little bit further forward, trying to score goals, trying to stay on the front foot. And so, you know, I think Latanzio, as the season wound down last year he was starting to shift that philosophy the one of the most exciting things about this offseason has been the fact that that growth can continue in the squad so i'm I'm definitely looking forward to a more attacking style as we move into this season yeah i i definitely am as well i'm gonna go over to you uh josh and i'm gonna ask you a question because i was in that press conference i was i was on that call and unfortunately time wise um with the the tragic loss of anton walks uh, a lot of what happened was, you know, questions about how the team is handle, handling the loss of Anton. Uh, I will say, I think that they have been doing it well. You know, I think that it has been handled very well. And uh, uh, for something so tragic, the best things that can be happening are happening. But we are going to leave the Anton stuff. Uh, if you'd like to hear more about that, we did do an Anton Walks podcast last week. Please 
if you'd like to, to listen to that, please listen to that. Right now, the question that I had wanted to ask to Christian Latanzio was everybody likes to win games. Winning games is great in preseason, but very few people consider winning games the definition of a successful preseason. So for you, Josh, what is your marker for Charlotte FC having a successful preseason this year? So what I would like to see from this team, and I guess the big question is, you know, whether we're actually going to be able to to view many of these games is the the style that Latanzio wants to play. I want to see that ingrained in this team um, pretty well by the end of this preseason. I think that he had a really difficult task coming in middle of last season, changing things up, trying to implement a system in the middle of a competitive season is never an easy or necessarily a good thing that you want happening. So for me, it's, it's seeing that. And then it's also seeing some player competition at positions. I know we're going to get into this a little bit more with some of the lineups in the preseason, but when I when I view preseasons, I want to see people getting pushed. Oh, we think that Yuzwiak's going to start on the left. Well, I want to see a player like Vargas or Shinyashiki or someone else that we haven't discussed pushing him and playing really well in the preseason to ask that question of, well, should he be the starter? I don't think that you necessarily want to make drastic changes just based off the preseason, but if a player has a good preseason and puts that in the back of the coach's mind, then I think they can really have a platform for the first month or two to further push and ask that question. Um, so really, to me, it's about player competition and it's about how well the players are adapting and becoming natural in whatever system Latanzio is implementing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good answer. We're going to be looking for a lot of that stuff. I'm going to go to you, Justin. You know, do you follow pretty down this same road or do you have some different thoughts on on what successful preseasons look like? It is vitally important when these matches don't matter that you win every single one. <laughs> that's the important <laughs> Victory or death. That's Justin for you. <laughs> the, the matches that don't matter are the ones you really got to focus. This, the Cleveland Browns in the NFL have taught us that the matches, the, the games that don't matter are the ones you put all the effort in to win. Yes. 100%. Now. Uh, it, it, it's absolutely, you know, you're looking for competition. You're looking for the implementation of the, the, the system. Uh, I, I mean, you're also looking at the, the unknown quantities. You, you begin to start quantifying them. You begin to start understanding where their strengths and weaknesses are. And it's not just the guys that came in internationally. Uh, it's not just the big names that, that we sign and we get really excited for the, the Capetti's and, um, you know, Westwood hasn't played yet for us in preseason. We'll get into that. But, but um, you know, it's not just these guys. It's Diop and uh, Agiamang, our, our draft picks. You know, it's unfortunately he's injured right now, but Adam Armour coming back, you know, it's, you're you're trying to quantify what some of these guys that that weren't with the team or or were injured for most of last season, everything like that, uh, uh, have. And what I think you're really hoping for, Vinicius Mello is another one like him. And and I think that we may be seeing some of that based on what you you heard from the presser. Mm-hmm. What you really want is for for there to be a little bit of a surprise. You want for a guy to come out that maybe you weren't expecting, and really stamp his name on. If this is not my position, 
this is my position for the last 30 minutes of matches. This is my position when it's time to super sub somebody in. You know, the, you're looking for that kind of thing. You're looking for a guy like Andre Shinyashiki to go out there and and show uh, Christian Latanzio, I can play on the left wing. You know, you're looking for Jalen Lindsay to come in and say, I can play it right back um, and and really push those positional battles because it makes everybody better. But you also get some of those surprises and the team ends up better because, you know, maybe, maybe, I'm not saying it's definitely going to be that way, but maybe Vini Mello is a better striker than than Capetti. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the argument that in the future he might be a better striker than Capetti. And there is a possibility that he might be the better striker now. I'm, I think I'm going to be less exciting than you guys. Um, I think you guys have given me really interesting you know, detailed answers from people who understand the sport of football. And I'm not interested in any of that. Um, I'll be really honest with you. I have two things I want to see out of this preseason. The first is that people get fit. Uh, Not that these, these footballers go out and, you know, eat ice cream seven days a week and, you know, put on 70 pounds. Although there were days of football that are long past that that used to be the case. Uh, Match fitness is a real thing. Having the the physical uh, ability in your body to operate at those speeds and not get injured is something you have to build up slowly. And it's real. If you don't play matches for a while, the mental stress, the physical stress is different. And I think one of the things that we, that could be really easy to look over is with the tragedy of Anton Walks, these guys just lost a week, right? At least a week. And whatever time they're now spending coming back, they're not only dealing with having a shorter run in for the preseason. So they have less time to digest all this information. They have less physical training time. They have less time thinking, you know, playing matches inside of the club, sort of a squad versus B squad, et cetera. They're also then dealing with the mental challenges of how do we return to this team? So, in in real world time, my understanding is there was at least a week where everything shut down for Charlotte FC, as it should have. That is the right thing to do. Um, in extended time, in dealing with loss and grief time, what what goes on beyond that is a question for each individual player. And my you know definition, I think first and foremost of of good success for this team will be seeing these guys achieve match match fitness so that when they go into the season, we don't see injuries. That is my, you know, I I would love for them all to have the game plan perfectly. I would love to get our surprises. I would love to see that goal. One is going to be, be fit. Goal two for me is going to sound really dumb, but score goals. Um, We were a team that was a little bit goal shy, we did not have, uh, you know, a ton of goals in the last season. And you're never going to get up against weaker defenses than preseason, right? Unless you're playing in a competition that doesn't matter against a team that's two or three divisions below you. Preseason defenses are figuring things out, right? Preseason defenses are trying new things in terms of formations. So what that means is the players who you've got in attack, are they achieving your goals against less than perfect defenses? this is the best chance they're going to get is your attack working and can you take advantage of those weakened defenses 
I think that's really critical. And I think we'll talk about the fact that we are seeing some goals scored in the, the first two matches that, that we have already had. Uh, Justin, do you want to, to talk LA Galaxy? You think we are ready for that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think that we know much about this. This is a pure preseason match. This was pretty closed off. There has been minimal reporting, but we do know the result. It was a 1-1 against the LA Galaxy. I know some of the players that played. I know Heger got some time. Uh, Vinicius Mello gets our goal. Uh, I will say watching the replay. Uh, Kerwin Vargas playing on the left. He hits the Jordi Reyna uh, curler, Mm -hmm. and it almost goes in. Comes off the far post, and Vinny Mello is there to, to nod it back home. Um, it's my understanding there was no highlight video or anything from, from Charlotte FC side's uh, uh, social media or anything like that, which kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah. But the goal we conceded was a penalty uh, to Ricky Puj uh, for LA Galaxy. But, I mean, that's a side that's got some big names. That's a side that's got some big talent. And uh, even for a... Um, even for you know a preseason match, getting a 1-1 is a solid result there. Yeah, LA Galaxy is a little club who definitely didn't do anything in the 2022 MLS season. They did nothing. Nothing notable. <laughs> um, you definitely won't find them in any finals. No way they would do something like that. Um, Josh, do you want to talk? Uh, you know, Are there any points you want to touch on in the LA match? No, not really. I mean, you know, there. It, as Justin said, it's been it's been pretty tight lipped. Um, I do think that the biggest thing coming out of it, and maybe this preseason so far, and we'll we'll talk about it a little bit shortly. I'm sure is is Mello, um, yeah. and how much he's been playing and the end product that he's been providing. Uh, I'm glad you picked that up because I think it, I think we should just jump into Mello as his own little discussion. Is it just me or does Mello look strong? He's a tank. He, he's he's looks, a monster. He looks yoked. He is he is broad across the upper body in a way that you don't normally see footballers. Like like this, he looks like he should be playing, you know, wide receiver in the NFL, not striker in in football. Uh, indeed, and that was Justin, our correspondent to <laughs> the youngins out there, making sure to use the 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 lingo. Um, I don't think I've ever heard you say the word yoked, Justin, but now I have it on microphone. It's what he looks like. Look, (laughs) you know, he does. And, you know, this is actually something that really I've seen pictures of Vicinius Mello. I'll be honest. I've never seen him in action. And he looks like I would not want to be a defender against that guy. Just look at him and think to yourself, am I going to have a good day today? And my answer would be no. Uh, It really really outstanding physically dominating looking like i realize a lot of those words were not in a coherent sentence um, <laughs> but i'm i'm having trouble putting together it exactly the way i feel about this i'm excited well and, and he's 20 he's 20 he, yeah he's so he's, young can you imagine 20. if that guy went to he's, the gym he's huge <laughs> like that he spent last year injured and everything um and and you know not only uh, is he that big and and apparently that fast and everything? But they, you know, he gets this goal in the the LA match. Yeah, and I mean, off the post chances. I think a lot of people sort of put off the post chances to to pure luck, and there's definitely some luck involved in getting a ball that bounces around in the box and you get the the shot away. 
but there's a lot of being in the right place at the right time. And if you look across strikers all over the different leagues, some strikers score these goals and some strikers don't. And that means it's a skill to some level. This is also a skill, the ability to be in the right place. And when that chance comes, take it. Obviously preseason is easier to do than some other things, but really, really good on Vicinius Mello. Josh, any final thoughts here? Should we move on? Um, the only thought that has come to mind is that he missed all of last year, basically with a, some kind of foot injury. And I wonder if he's a guy like Carujo and the others who are out injured, unfortunately, right now, who they couldn't keep him from doing something, which was apparently just <laughs> working out his upper body until he couldn't fit through a doorway. He spent, um, <laughs> he spent the whole time in the gym. He he skipped leg day because he had to. He didn't skip biceps <laughs> or chest. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, he's 20. We haven't seen him in a real game, um, but... A physical someone who is that young who's physically ready to compete always excites me because you don't have to worry about the physicality necessarily of the game. You can instead just focus on them um, getting better as footballers. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's physically ready to compete with Erling Holland. I mean, maybe not same you know goal scoring or speed or anything else, but it looks like he'd go into a wrestling match with him. Uh, we're going to push it on to DC United and Josh, I'm going to have you start with this one. We literally just played DC United. We obviously have all of the information out there. So why don't you tell the people about everything that happened in this game? Yes, we got front row seats right behind the goal for 10 seconds at a time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) just like the first game, unfortunately you could not stream this anywhere, at least not as far as I knew. Uh, maybe there was someone in the stands Facebook living it, but I did not get that link. Um, but we did beat DC United 3-2. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that, that you couldn't really watch the game because, I mean, that's a lot of goals. And even though it's preseason, it's always nice to have goals. It was 1-1 within five minutes. Uh, DC went up, I think, within three minutes. And then uh, Kerwin Vargas... Uh, scored on a really nice finish from a feed from Mello. So this is now Mello with an assist and a goal uh, in the first two preseason games. Vargas was on the left because, again, as Justin says, <laughs> everyone's better on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we also had goals from Mackenzie Gaines off a really good ball from Jalen Lindsay. And mm-hmm. then Swiderski scored a free kick in the second half. As well, I don't know who scored or when uh, DC scored their second, but eh, doesn't matter. They lost. <laughs> this is the downside of trying to to watch Charlotte FC's Twitter feed for the updates on this because they're just like, oh yeah, you know, DC scored. They don't say anything about it though. Yeah, just that DC scored. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, you know, you can go out there and you can watch these videos. Uh, the finish from Mackenzie Gaines is spectacular. Uh, it is Boy. as cool as you like. Um, yes, Josh, Mackenzie Gaines did the good. Um, slots the ball directly through the keeper's legs. Just very, very cool, calm, collected. Let's hope that continues on into the season. Uh, the free kick from Carol Swiderski is incredible, but we have seen him do that. Um, Justin, do you think it's fair to say that Carol Swiderski is going to score a free kick like that, like every season? Do you think we're going to get at least one, maybe two? Uh, it, well, 
Yes, maybe, unless Ashley Westwood comes in here and becomes our dead ball specialist. Yeah, could be. Could be. Um, I do think there's some important and some interesting talk to have about the two lineups. We did see two different lineups throughout the game. And the exact formations uh, are still kind of up in the air. We have very, very small amounts of video to tell very, very little from. What we do have is a bunch of names. Uh, And Justin, we talked about this very briefly. Team one does not look like the happy team. Uh, Team one looks like people who at best are going to be fighting for minutes and at worst may not see much of the field at all. Uh, The first half lineup was Cisniega, excuse me, Lindsay, Neely, Jones, Moira, uh, Bender, Hegert, Gaines, Mello, Vargas, and Jinishiki. And some of those people we have made jokes about that they might be starting a professional thumb wrestling ring because they're not playing football. Um, Lindsay and Shinyashiki have not been on Latanzio's happy list. We're still not sure why, but we have not seen a lot of them. Uh, Bender was a, a first team regular for a while. And at the end of the season, he wasn't even on the bench. Uh, Hegert, similar situation. We do see a couple names in here, Gaines, Mello, and Vargas, who look like they could be fighting for time. How are you looking at this first half lineup? Is this just, hey, guys, you're technically a part of Charlotte FC, so go? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I think that there are people here who you can expect to see getting real minutes uh, for this team. Uh, You know, Mackenzie Gaines got, got a lot of minutes, especially in the second half of the season. Um, it's an interesting formation too, in that you know you you look at look at these six names: Bender, Hegert, Gaines, Mello, Vargas, Shinyashiki. If this is the normal sort of lineup that we have seen, what is this? What what is this shape? Is like Bender and Hegert are obviously your midfielders. But then somebody out of Gaines, Mello, Vargas, and Yashiki is at the 10, playing the creative midfield role. You've got, you know, Mello, Vargas, Shinyashiki are all, or Gaines, Vargas, Shinyashiki are all sort of wing play guys. Is Shinyashiki in the 10? And Mello's at the 9, uh, you know, up top is the striker. This is, there's just odd formational stuff. And then the other piece that I think really sticks out to me in the first half lineup is the center back pairing of. I'm assuming Derek Jones, you know, defensive midfielder Derek Jones, and uh, Jack Neely, who I will admit until this preseason I have never heard of. I can't seem to find any information on when exactly Charlotte FC signed him. All I can seem to track down is that he played for South Mech here in Charlotte uh, at a high school level. And... Other than that, I know nothing about him, but he also got time in the the LA Galaxy match. I don't know who Jack Neely is. It bothers me a little bit. I have no idea what's going on with this lineup. Hey, that just means there's more to learn, doesn't it? Um, I, I, I will admit this lineup seems weird. You're right. There are some questions about who plays where in this. Um, you know, first thought would be Bender would be practicing in a sort of backup 10 role. But with only two midfielders that are clearly midfielders on this pitch, 
you know, maybe you're looking at like Andre Shinyashiki playing the 10, but uh, I certainly don't see Mello playing in the 10. Not that we know that much about him. I don't see Vargas in the 10. I certainly don't see Gaines in the 10. And I think based on the goal we saw him score, he was not playing there. Uh, or if he was, he he really managed to drift really high and right on while being a 10. So uh, a lots, lots of questions about that lineup. And it doesn't actually get easier with the second half lineup. Josh, I'm going to go over to you for this one. Sissiniega, Burn, Melanda, Hamity Diop, Sobosinski, Awful, Bronico, Santos, Swiderski, Yazwiak, Capetti. Can you tell me an intelligent lineup where those players make sense on the field? Um, I can give two guesses. Um, I don't know that they fully make sense either way, but I would think if we're sticking with the lineup that we played for the majority of last season with a back four and going off of some of the intel from the presser that they've been trying Jan at left back, you might have a back line of Byrne, Melanda, Diop, and Jan, then have Bronico and Awful in the midfield along with Swiderski, and then Santos on the right, Yuzwiak on the left, and Capetti up top. Um, that is my best guess. The other option would be a back five, where you have Byrne as a wing back with Milanda, Diop, and Jan as center backs, Awful as a wing back, and then I guess Bronico covering the entire midfield. I I, I don't know. Um, it the back five doesn't really make sense to me. The back four makes more sense to me in this, but again, without very many video clips to watch it's kind of impossible to say yeah i mean I, i'm gonna i'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say you can't make like there are technically 10 outfield players in this list but they don't make a team it's <laughs> very confusing um to the point that you know I, i'm just gonna focus on harrison awful here harrison awful is, is is when you're looking at the names laid out demands either that he's playing in a defensive midfield role or that he's playing in the right back. Byrne is sitting in the right back slot unless he's been moved interior to a five, like you've talked about. But Bronico is still there in the defensive midfielder role. So was awful like on-field coaching? Uh, I, I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. I, I guess I'll go over to Justin really quick and say, Justin, if you had the chance to line these these people up on a on a coach's board, how are you lining them up? Well, I mean, let's remember that that awful did play some left back towards the end of last year. It was a bad experiment, in my opinion, but he did do it. Um, you know, you look at the names, and and I would think that this has to be a back five. Um, and then I would actually expect like a, a three in the midfield of Bronico Santos Swiderski. Um, yeah, I can see that. And then a front two of Yuzwiak and Capetti. But that feels like the Cap Capetti from the video we've watched of him, it looks like he should be playing really centrally. And I think if you play him as part of a front two, you push him wide one side of the other probably towards the right and i think that does him a disservice i say that and he apparently did just barely miss scoring in the 48th minute of this one so 
Uh, you know, three minutes after coming on for his preseason action, he he almost scores there. Um, you know, the other thing that we've talked about is yes, Jan Subasinski's had an opportunity to to do some preseason work at left back. Hamidi Diab played some left back too in in college. So, you know, you look at this this arrangement of Malanda Diab Subasinski. I, I think the the Diop Sobosinski could be interesting in that there may be some fluidity around who's drifting out and playing wider and who's tucking in and playing centrally in defense with if if those guys see minutes together uh between the injury to to Guzman and the unfortunate passing of Anton. Yeah, I do wonder if there's a a hominy Diop role in the left back slot or in the left uh center back where he is expected to, and we've seen this in the Premier League, uh, to be the guy who sort of drifts forward and almost joins the midfield. Um, That leaves a lot of pressure on Sobosinski, though. And I'm not here to say Sobosinski can't handle it. I'm just saying you're putting a lot of space on one guy and, you know, and all of the, the established, we know they can handle a lot of space talent is kind of on the other side and burn. Um, it, it's very confusing to me, but my hope would be that we're seeing Hamidi Diop being given the right to push forward. We know that Latanzio wants to be more aggressive, being given the right to push forward, be a distributor, connect the team, and sort of have a, have a fallback to where Melanda is the center and... Uh, Sobosinski and Byrne hold down the left and right side. But again, very, very confusing. I, I don't know whether this has any relevance on what we're going to see in the future. Uh, Josh, final thoughts on this. Do you think this has any relevance or is this just let's try something? So I, I think that the, the biggest, some of the biggest question marks for this team, I think, are left back, the left center back position, and then the right wing. And so I don't think that there's a lot of other places we should look too closely at. But, you know, when you talked about the first lineup being maybe players who aren't going to be a first teamers, I think the right back or sorry, the right wing is maybe the exception to that. I think Gaines, Vargas and maybe Santos, if if maybe he was played as sort of a right winger, maybe they're pushing for time there. Um but in general, no. I think that there are times when you kind of want to see weird lineups to see how players perform in maybe unnatural positions. Um, and then, you know, see if a guy can do a job and maybe a slightly out of position place or not. But unless we're opening with this lineup um, come February 25th, I'm not going to worry too much about it. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, Justin, final thoughts from you. Do you feel like this is is trying crazy stuff or do you feel like this is tweaking plan a i i think that this is trying to get players the the experience i i think there needs to be latanzio showed last year that he wants a little bit of flexibility to be able to switch to five at the back if this is implementing that in a you know we're up two nil we're up one you know two one late in a match and we want to try and close it out and i want to be able to throw on five at the back and get that extra defensive help I'm okay with that. If the, the preseason is the time to make some of those experiments. Um, 
I, I don't know for sure, though. I would love to actually be able to see some of this. Hopefully, as we get close to the season, uh, we'll be able to see some more of these preseason matches, and they will also be a little bit closer to what we're actually going to be you know, seeing uh, come that first match against the Revs. I do also want to note that um, uh, Capetti only got 30 minutes in this one uh, as he was subbed off for uh, our other draft pick, Agyemang. Uh, in the 75th minute, and uh, Cisniega gave way to Marks at the 75th minute, which has to indicate now, right, that Cisniega's got to be the number two after Kalina. Yeah, that's what it looks like. You know, it looks like with Cisniega playing, to my knowledge, the entire match against LA and then playing most of the match against DC, he looks like the the first choice up after Kalina. Um, I think we move on. Justin, I think we move into the news. Uh, do you want to hit the news topics real quick? Yeah, let's run them down real quick. It uh, On recording day, it is February 1st of 2023, and the MLS uh, streaming pack on Apple TV Plus is now available. Uh, $100 for the whole season, um, $80 for the whole season if you are already an Apple TV Plus subscriber. Uh, if you are a season ticket holder for Charlotte FC, uh, it is free. Check your emails. You should have something in there. Um, the League's Cup, that weird Liga MX and MLS competition that is going to interrupt part of this season. Um, we do know our group now. We're in South 4 is our group, and we have been drawn against FC Dallas in the MLS and Nakasha in the uh, uh, Liga MX. Um, we'll talk more about League's Cup what the format is, everything like that in some upcoming podcasts. Um, our MLS Next Pro team has a name. They're not just MLS Next Pro Charlotte team or, you know, Charlotte FC2, as so many other MLS teams are doing. Uh, our Next Pro team will be called Charlotte Legacy FC, which I think is an interesting choice. Yeah, uh, I will. Our team name. I will say I think we I think we have time and so we can probably do this really quick. I'm not thrilled about Charlotte Legacy FC. It doesn't sit right with me. A am I alone in this? I'm I am not a fan. I am glad as Justin said they didn't say Charlotte FC2, but Legacy is weird to me. Charlotte Legacy feels like the name of the team Christian Fuchs is playing on 3 years from now when we have a a, you know, a legacy team when when Christian Fuchs and Harrison Awful and you know older guys that are done with their career and played with Charlotte FC play a charity match, you know, three years from now or something like that. That seems like like what Charlotte Legacy should be. I think I think that's right. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head here, Justin, because I was having trouble putting my finger on why I didn't particularly like it. I just knew that I didn't immediately warm to it. And uh, you're right; it it sounds like a bunch of old people. Now, with, I oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I will say that I do believe like Charlotte has come out and explained why they chose it. I think the idea is it has something to do with the values and the culture that they're trying to create at the club. And therefore, the youth players who are coming through will bring that legacy into the first team. And it's lovely reasoning, but it seems weird. I mean, yeah. I, I also get it from a like, hey, we leave a legacy to the next generation, right? Like like your kids, if, if you are part of a royal family, your your heirs are your legacy. But just because I get it doesn't mean I love it. 
Is that wrong, Justin? No, I mean, I, I think that we can all uh, have our own opinions and everything like that on the team. name. It's not going to change anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, Charlotte Legacy FC will play their matches out of the Matthew Sportsplex uh, down on that southeastern sort of side of town. Um, it's a nice little area. I, I got a chance to go a couple of years ago, uh, watch Charlotte Independence play down there. Um, we're, we're signing some interesting players, you know, to, to these leg or to Charlotte legacy FC. God, I get, I, you know, get good about that name and everything, but, uh, um, there are some good, you know, there's some young talent. And if you want to go see what might be the future of Charlotte FC, go check out legacy down in, in Matthews. It's only like $12 for a match ticket. Um, yeah, you can I mean, also see them on the the MLS streaming package. It's my understanding that the next uh, the next plus pro teams are going to be on uh, some of those those streams. That is true, and I will slide in here as far as the MLS streaming is concerned, because uh, like maybe some of our listeners, uh, I did have some issues getting the actual uh, redemption function to work. Um, make sure that if you are redeeming it on your phone, you are fully updated. Because if you have whatever update they came out with for your iOS system, you know, like four months ago, you're out of date uh, and it will not work. So uh, good luck with that. And uh, if it's not working, try it on your phone. Uh, final final news. We have a Westwood article out. Justin, you want to tell people about that? Yeah, just another, uh, you know, a plug here for our, our website, crowncast.net. Uh, we've got a great article that's up uh, by Ewan covering Ashley Westwood, uh, taking a look at his time in the Premier League and the championship over with Burnley uh, in England. Uh, as our English correspondent, he was the right guy to turn to for this and giving us an idea of what to look for uh, out of Ashley Westwood as he comes uh, to to town. Uh, one last brief piece of news that I did want to mention too is the U.S. Youth National Team for the U-17 CONCACAF Championship. Uh, uh, their roster has been announced. And these are some of the guys that we can expect to see you know, a few years from now, maybe playing with uh, Tyler Adams and the Weston McKinney's that we saw at the, the World Cup this year and everything like that. And some of the guys that we were excited about. And Charlotte FC's own Brian Romero uh, was called up uh, to that youth national team player. Yep, the pretty exciting stuff. Um, the way that kid jumped onto the scene, I mean, he took he got his chance, and boy, did he take it. Yep. Uh, we are going to start to go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, as ever, if you have decided to spend your time with us, we love you. Thank you so much. We know you have uh, other things you can be doing, other places you can be, and uh, we're happy to have you. We will talk to you again after our next preseason match, or more specifically, next Wednesday. Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.